Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you experiencing big emotions, power struggles, challenging behavior? It may be time for a new roadmap. Stay tuned. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-host, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net. And I'm Janet Allison of boysalive.com. Thanks for being our listeners and supporting our sponsors. Big emotions, power struggles, challenging behaviors. It's inevitable that we will face some or all of these behaviors as we parent, sometimes just in one day. I should say that's in our children, but maybe it's us too, as the parents. But if your child has been labeled as strong-willed, highly sensitive, spirited, explosive, or neurodivergent, we lovingly remind you that your child is not broken. You may simply need a new roadmap to parenting them. Our guest today is the author of that roadmap, Calm the Chaos, a fail-proof roadmap for parenting even the most challenging kids. Welcome, Dana Abraham. Oh, thank you for that intro. I am so excited to be here. Congratulations on your new book. This is exciting Exciting times. As we know, Jen just uh, had her second book come out this spring. So congratulations. I gotta say, Dana, the title of that, that is a title that will sell books right there. I hope so. Yes, calm the <laughs> I chaos. Hope it, yes. I hope it's in. I have a dream that this is in every classroom, every home in the world, because I really think it is a roadmap that we've been missing for a long time for parenting. And so you were in early childhood education. You were in the classroom and you have, I love that you call them your super kids. Aren't all kids super, but your, your three super kids. How did this all combine together to influence you to write this book? Oh my goodness. Um, so how long do we have? No, I'm just kidding. I won't <laughs> go into all of it. But growing up, I was that kid that never really felt like she fit the rest of the family. I didn't feel like I fit my friends or I didn't, I struggled to make friends, honestly. And, um, but there was never anything to pinpoint what it was. Um, I kind of did what I was asked for the most part, like in school and things like that. And I was an achiever. So I, I got things done and I made the grades and, but there still was this like missing piece and I felt really off, uh, growing up. And on top of that, my older brother, uh, is bipolar. And so I was on the receiving end of, his explosiveness for many, many years growing up. So I had to learn at a very early age how to manage those big, big chaotic moments. And uh, when I went into the classroom, my favorite kids were the ones that were a lot like my brother, a lot like me. They just didn't, uh, they came with a paper trail behind them. They were the ones that the other teachers called too much, not enough. Uh, the ones that, you know, the parents would come with their head hang, hung low and be like, I'm sorry, here's my kid, you know, and those were my absolute favorite because I knew they had more to them than what everyone was seeing on the outside. 
So when I became a parent, I really, really believed that I had this figured out. I had gone through enough hard stuff that I had taught for long enough. Like I have got this in the bag. I'm going to be the world's best parent. And the opposite fell. Like is what Parenting is so humbling because oh. no matter how much you know, what your professional background is, you were better equipped than so many of us when we mm-hmm. start parenting. And even so you find yourself going, huh? what? And in tears. Oh. Yeah. I felt like an absolute failure for the first seven years and honestly, probably a little longer than that. But at that seven year mark is when the calls from school were now daily. My son was being kicked out of school more days than he was in school. And these were this was at a school where they all knew me as one of the teachers that gave the teacher trainings. And here's my son getting in trouble and getting kicked out. And um, and so it was was beyond humbling, uh, very frustrating too, to not be able to help him with all of my background. And so about seven is when I realized traditional settings, not going to be the right place for him. Cause we had, we had tried, we had tried to advocate for him and the school had tried. They just didn't have the resources at the time. This was 10 years ago. And I had the privilege to be able to bring my son home and kind of go all in on trying to help him. And that's how it all kind of started. And I started sharing just the ups and downs, like the things that are working, the things that are not working, because everything I found online was picture perfect. It looked like everyone had their stuff figured out. And I'm like, okay, I vow that I am always going to be really honest, open, vulnerable, and raw so that people can see that it's not perfect, that it's not easy. But I didn't do it at first, like to try to to build an audience or teach people or anything. Um, I really just wanted to know I wasn't alone. Um, and over the years, I found lots and lots of people who um, were feeling the same way. And I started sharing what was working and some traps to watch out for. And that slowly became the framework and the roadmap that I teach inside the book. That has now been taught to thousands and thousands of people around the world um, who've gotten real results with their families. And so that's kind of the lifetime line of creating mm-hmm. the chaos. It really is like my life's work. I saw someone say a decade in a day yesterday. I heard that phrase for the first time. I think Tony Robbins uses it. Uh, he says something about how people will spend a decade learning this thing, overcoming this objective, and then they'll write a book about it and other people can learn what took them a decade in a day. And I was like, that's what happened. That's what this book is. It's a decade. Um, Now people can get the whole decade in a book. I was so struck by the fact that your book and my book both start with calls and emails and concerns from school. And this is such a common experience. You get any group of parents of boys and people are reluctant to admit it at first, but once once somebody does, yeah, me too, me too, me too. Mm-hmm. I'm I know that your book applies to children, but I would imagine that you end up working with a lot of families who have boys, and that's been their experience. We have a lot of children, and we also have a lot of boys, especially the ones who have been calls from school, kicked out of school. And like you said, I had went on a volunteer trip this summer to Kenya. And we're all sitting around the table and it was all these mamas and they were like, oh, you just had a kid high school, like graduate high school. You made it like congrats. 
And like that fear in my stomach of like, oh my gosh, they're going to ask me what he's doing next because guess what? He's not doing anything. (laughs) So I was like, um, uh, and so then I was like, yes, yes, he did just graduate, but we had to blow him over the finish line. It was just like, like, get through this. Let's get through this. All of a sudden it was the me too. Oh my gosh, we're going through that. I had to do the same thing. And it just was like this popcorn of wow, this is such a common experience and it doesn't have to be. And so it breaks my heart every time I see how common it is that one, the schools are struggling, but then then also the parents are struggling. And if you don't have a background in any of this, you might think that either A, you're failing or B, something's wrong with your kid. And or C, all of the above. Or C, all of the above. And it's a, it's a recipe for disaster, yep. honestly, for these kids. It just, it breaks my heart. Well, and we know that schools do not have all the answers. They're overstretched. Educators are, you know, they are wise. I am an educator. We're, you know, we have a body of knowledge. And I would say, for the most part, educators do not know what to do with the boy that doesn't necessarily fit. And so, you know, this book gives the roadmap, as we've said. So we're going to get into the roadmap. What is it? I'm sure our listeners are like, tell us, tell me how to calm the chaos. You've got five steps in your book and your book is laid out so clearly and logically. And of course, parenting books are not really about the children. They're about us first and foremost as the parents. So always starting there, but tell us what the five steps are. The The five stages. What I found when I was working with parents and even with my own son is that a lot of the advice out there started at stage four or stage five, what I call stage four or five, which is let's get ahead of the problem. Let's prevent this from happening. Let's fix the problem. And then let's also create some rules and structure. So this doesn't happen. And what happens when you jump to that and you miss the first three stages is that you're not able to access it. Your kids aren't able to access it. And then you feel overwhelmed and stressed out. And so that's why we start the roadmap at stage one, which is ride the storm. And I think we all can understand that analogy right now with what's going on in the world because of the wildfires, because of the earthquakes, because of the hurricanes. We all can understand this concept of riding out the storm, hunkering down instead of trying to fix it, solve it, get ahead of it. Instead of the do Doing, you literally are just getting to safety. That's stage one. Stage two is the stage that everyone tries to skip because after the storm is gone and a storm can be any variation of storms, just like you have, you know, category one through four or five, you know, you have these different categories yeah. of storms. You can have these different variations of storms in your family. And depending on what you've been through in the past, what's a category three storm for you might be a category one for someone else. And that's okay. So I just want to clarify that. Like I love, I love that point because we all have, you know, different resources. And even if it's the same category hurricane blowing over, Mm -hmm. you know, if my house is made of brick, I'm going to withstand it differently than if my house is made of straw. A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. That was a three little pigs reference. It was a good one. It was a great one, (laughs) but that's exactly it. If you don't have the capacity, the stamina, the resources to support, it doesn't matter if it's just a little thunderstorm or if it's a big old hurricane. Right. So, um, and so 
that is kind of the first stage is just let's get everyone to safety and safety is physically, psychologically, mentally, emotionally. It's all the different realms of safety. And then the stage we all try to skip is after the storm is over, we go into fix it mode. But if we don't make sure that we have any battery on our phone, if we don't have any energy in our generator, right? Like we're not going to be able to fix anything. And so the same is true with our own bodies. We have to give ourselves as the adult, as the parent, we have to refill our energy reserves before going into how do I deal with kids? How do I have conversations? How do I try to get ahead of this? And so that stage two is time and energy reserves. And it's really just building these small habits that boost your energy and remove the things that are draining you. That can sound overwhelming when mm-hmm. you are in the middle of the storm, right? Because it it, you're like, wait, what? I'm supposed to find extra energy somewhere. Dana, do you not get it? There is no energy to be had. Power has been wiped out on this Mm -hmm. island. No help is coming is what it feels like. It does. And so in that, before you go into fix it, you have to make sure that if there's no power, that you're using a generator or that you're, you know, lighting a candle for heat or Mm -hmm. that you're gathering some wood. And what most people don't realize is that a lot of the time and energy is about removing It's not about adding. So we can remove things that drain us. And I gave this example to someone the other day and it hit home. This is what I've had to do in my life to be able to weather so many storms is I've had to learn systems of what drains me, especially with my own ADHD brain, like what drains me? One thing that drains me is all the notifications on my phone. So getting the dings, getting the pop-ups, getting all of those. I keep my phone not just on silent, but I keep it on do not disturb all day long. Now you can, if you're in that place where you're getting lots of calls from school, you can set up your phone so that the school can get through. Um, You can set up the, so that your emergency contacts can get through. But what this does is it means that every five seconds, my phone's not going off. I'm not getting distracted. That was so draining for me. Mm -hmm. So even my kids know now that if they need me, they actually will text my husband, right? If they're out or something, because they know I have my phone on do not disturb because the noises are so overwhelming to me. Mm -hmm. So I've done much the same thing with my phone because I do not need to be pinged when there's a new headline, you know, CNN or whatever, not helpful for me. So I'm on silent or do not disturb almost all the time. And I look at my phone enough that if my kids need typical thing, I will see it in a timely fashion. Mm -hmm. And we have other systems like, you know, in case of an emergency and an emergency is always have to close all those (laughs) loopholes. An emergency is not, I don't have the right color shoes or something like that. I can't find the remote. (laughs) Yes. Not anymore. What's the Wi-Fi password? Not an emergency. I was working with the mom the other day. I'm a family coach and she has four boys and they're in three different schools. Mm -hmm. And what she really got to was, oh, I actually don't like doing all this driving. Mm -hmm. And that was what was draining her energy. And so we started to strategize, you know, husband needs to step up, call somebody else who's in your son's school. That's the farthest away all these things. But I think for her, it was just that realization of, oh, I actually really 
don't like to do all this driving. So that was yeah. the beginning of, oh, I can see a little light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And another example, um, again, ADHD brain here. So decision-making, and I think a lot of parents can understand this, but decision-making is very fatiguing, very exhausting. So the more that I can front load my decisions, and that means that we are a very boring family and every Tuesday is taco Tuesday. Every Friday is pizza Friday. Every Wednesday is pasta Wednesday. Like we just have similar things on our food schedule. That way I don't have to make decisions every night and say, what are we eating today? What are we eating tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Um, When we were in the worst of it and not everyone has the means to do this, but you know, I am a very like earth conscious person. So this was really hard for me, but we went to paper towels. We went to paper plates. We started ordering out some, and those were some of the things I had to do to be able to put my energy towards the things that needed repair. I love that. I love that because Mm -hmm. at that point, your focus is survival, getting to safety, building up the energy, all that other stuff. Worry about it later. A hundred percent. It's not that you're not ever going to get to it. It's just that now is not the time. That is like one of my favorite mantras, especially going into stage three. Now is not the time. Yeah. So stage three is the moment, right? And the only difference between stage three and stage one is I call stage one, the plan before you have a plan that actually works. So (laughs) stage one is just, you're like, I'm riding it out. I'm hunkering down. This ain't going to be pretty, but I'm doing it anyway. And then stage Three, now that you have a little bit more energy reserves, you can be a little calmer. You can kind of really manage the way you're showing up. I like to think of this plan as how am I showing up when things go awry? So when my kid refuses to get off electronic, when my son is jumping on the couch for the 20th time today, when... um, I come downstairs in the morning and all the cabinets are open because my son went through all of the food um, and left all the cabinets open, right? Like whatever it is, we're going, okay, what do I do in this moment? How do I show up that diffuses the situation faster and that minimizes damage? And I think of in the movies where they're like diffusing a bomb, they don't go to the bomb and talk to the bomb. They don't go to the bomb and like try to move the bomb. They are very (laughs) careful. They have very minimal movements, very like strategically, I'm going to do this one tiny thing. And they're trying to minimize the damage or try to diffuse the bomb before it goes off. And that's what this stage is. There's that scene where they're analyzing, okay, this wire, this wire, being very careful to select the right wire. Because if you just go in there and start pulling, I'm not a bomb diffusion expert by any means, but if you just go in there pulling stuff at random, not a good plan. No, no. And it's, and if you have no energy, I'm just going to put this back again. If you have no energy or you have, you know, in that first stage, we, um, one of the things is how to get your brain to be like, okay. And your nervous system to be like, okay, this is not an emergency. If you don't have those systems already and you go in there to defuse the bomb, you're going to shake it up and you're gonna sure it's going to, it's going to go off kilter real fast. And so that's what stage three is, is really just how do I show up? What do I say? What do I do? How do I stay connected in the moment? 
How do I stay curious in the moment? Mm. Um, And again, now is not the time. And this is where a lot of times our thoughts get the best of us and we Mm. start to catastrophize and we start to, um, I, I like to think of it as we start addressing the problem as if it's 10 years down the road. Uh-huh. How many times looking- have we seen that, Janet? Yeah. Oh my times? gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We make yeah. it so much bigger in this so much moment because we're, and I think women, I'll just say the female brain is really good at doing this. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's eight and he quote unquote, doesn't have any friends. And so you're imagining, you know, when he's 25 yeah. and he's 35. And so dialing it back listeners, mm-hmm. dialing it back to right here, what's yeah. going on now. That's exactly it is like just having some systems in place that remind you now is not the time you're not letting them get away with it. I think that also happens with boys, um, especially when moms are dealing with boys and we're dealing with maybe aggression or we're dealing with talking back or we're dealing with this like defiant type behavior. We're like, oh my gosh, they're going to become a womanizer. They're going to become an abuser. They're going to become a bully. They're going to be, and we, we place these big, huge names on what our kids are going to become because they're going through very typical body reactions to the things that are happening to them. And often Mm -hmm. then we, that ramps us up, as you're saying, Mm -hmm. and then we come down on them as Mm -hmm. if they have done some of these really, really horrible things instead of as if they're like, I don't know, maybe a 10 year old boy who's just like developmentally going to argue with you. I've even seen um, toddler parents be like, he hit his sister. He's going to be an abuser. And I'm like, he is too. We've all experienced a lot of trauma in our lives and we've seen a lot of things and, and the world has some scary things happen. We can't place those on our two-year-olds, on our five-year-olds and assume that's the trajectory. We have to be their guides. And Mm -hmm that's our, their best bet for that to not be their trajectory. Yeah. And so much of this is uh, the words that we choose, Mm -hmm. our thoughts, our, our lovely brains, our busy, busy brains, the words we choose really paying attention to that. And you talk about that in the book and also paying attention to our body language. Mm -hmm. You know, if your shoulders are hunched and your brow is furrowed because you just got off a really bad phone call and you walk in to your son, to the cabinets, all the kitchen cabinets open, he is going to perceive that because boys are very egocentric. He's going to perceive that your body language is telling him, oh boy, I did, I did this. And so talk about, talk about that a little bit, the, how we can change our physiology mm-hmm. to be more present. Body language is super important. How can we do it well? More from Dana after these messages from our sponsors. I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute 
put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com slash ONBOYS. Winona, menopause care made easy. A lot of times we think, well, I would never call my kid abusive. I would never say my kid is violent. I would never say he's going to turn into these things. But when you believe them in your heart of heart, then you're, like you said, you're going, your body language is going to change. You're going to have some resentment. You're going to have some fear, some trepidation in how you talk to them or how you approach them. And your kids are going to see that tenseness in your body, that tight jaw, um, the scowl on your face. And especially our kids who struggle more than the average bear at navigating life and navigating emotions. If they have these big explosive emotions, for example, like my son, If I'm tired and I have a groggy voice, 
Now he knows to ask, are you tired or are you angry? But he used to just assume I was angry and he would react as if he was defending himself. And so he he just assumes that the other person is then angry or upset. Another thing is just sometimes the words we use, they might be in a loving way. Like I'm actually thinking about this myself because lately, because my son is transitioning from, he's 18, he's transitioning into life. He's autistic. He has ADHD. He uh, like, he, it's going to take him some time to figure out what his life is going to look like. And I'm okay with that. But at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this kid is not showering. He's not getting up. He just wants to play video games. Um, And so he comes down the stairs. Hey buddy, good morning. Okay. By the way, you left this open. By the way, you left a mess in this room. By the way, I need you to do this. Oh, don't forget you did this. And it's all coming from a loving place. But I've realized lately that probably the first five interactions he has with me outside of good morning are all the things he needs to fix. And I'm like, wow, I need to really think about this. I need to go back and kind of reevaluate what are my interactions with him so that when there's a problem, he doesn't, he's not already on edge because of our relationship. That's thought provoking right there. And I, I'm going to quote this wrong. Probably. I think it was Lisa Demore recently on social media could have been somebody else. So don't quote me on that. But the advice was at least once a day, greet your child as you would a puppy. Now, those of you who have teenagers like me, like Dana, yeah, you can go way too overboard with that. And your kids, what is wrong with you, mom? But the idea is that it's this general excitement. My puppy is now making noise behind us, you guys. <laughs> uh, it's this general, uh, you know, happiness and excitement to see you. Even if you just, you know, tore the whatever, the carpet up because puppies do those things too, but they're so cute. Yeah. 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 And I it's think- just, it's holding it and saying, okay, not now is not the time I'm going to hold it. I'm going to have not good the interactions with them then later. And this is kind of getting into stage four, but like later I'll go and address these issues, but I need to have some like really quality interactions with my kid. Yeah. It's looking at how, how many, and you can, you know, keep a checklist for yourself. How many of my interactions are transactional? Did you do your homework? All the things that we are managing. How many of your interactions are just like the puppy, the just connection? Hey, let's just sit on the couch and say nothing. Just be together. So what is stage four? So stage four is what we all want to do is stop storm chasing. Like we want to stop trying to put out all the fires. I call it like parenting whack-a-mole where you're like, and now, and, now, and ready, go to this. Um, but we, we want to actually stop feeling that chaos of there's another shoe that's going to drop. There's another thing that's going to happen mm-hmm. and getting ahead of, and I call it a chaos causer. And I want to clarify, cause there's been a little confusion. I got a review and I want to make sure everyone knows I'm not calling your kid a chaos causer. The chaos causer is the stress, the problem, the, there might be school refusal. That might be a thing, but it also might be the mess. It also might be electronics or it might be bedtime, but it's the idea um, or the topic or theme that's the the chaos causer. (laughs) 
It's the Mm -hmm. issue. It's not the child. So I just want to be really clear on that one. But this is where you're really honing in on what is one thing that is causing a lot of stress in our family that's rippling across the family. And if we were to solve this one thing, it's like dominoes and all the others are going to topple down. And when we try to fix it all, one, we fix nothing. And also our kids feel like, they're constantly being fixed. And so if we can focus on one struggle and really look at it as how do we get ahead of this? Where is this coming from? Spiraling out, zooming out, looking at the environment, looking at the interactions between each other, looking at the connections between everyone in the household. What is really attributing to this challenge? Because the challenge is not the challenge, right? I always tell, we were working with a family one time and uh, she was saying that she ran out of banana oatmeal and her daughter absolutely lost it. And I was like, look, it is not about the banana oatmeal. Something else is going on here. (laughs) It is never about the banana oatmeal. It's never about the thing that they're upset about. It's never about the, the issue that we're actually having. There's something else that happened long before that. There's something, a buildup happening that we need to really address and figure out. And that's what we're doing here. And this is where we're actually starting to build that collaborative relationship. We're teaching skills. We're problem solving. We're building up that relationship and trust so that we can and be the guide for our kids. Love that you focus on pick one, because when you named off that list at the beginning, you know, electronic school refusal, you named a couple things. And I know a lot of parents are going, yeah, all of those, mm-hmm. you can't do them all. You just you can't can. at once. Like we do not have that capability. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, you know, I know that this took a decade and a lot of experimentation in your life. Um, but what was a, maybe a one thing that you started working on with your son, your oldest son, as you're navigating this uh, process? I mean, I had to start with aggression. It was, it was really dangerous for us. So we had to start really figuring out where were some of the tipping points? How could we minimize the aggression? Cause we weren't going to get rid of it at first. Um, and it took years to actually get rid of the aggression. Um, and I can like knock on wood say that we don't really have a problem with aggression. He gets, um, he had one meltdown in the last like three months and he was frustrated, but there was no true aggression, but it took a while, but that was one of the big ones. And so sometimes we had to get even more granular and we say, okay, let's look at the hitting or let's look at the screaming or let's look at the sibling interaction. So maybe it was just looking at that. Um, The more that we could hone in on just one piece of it, it became easier to kind of pick that off and go, okay, now that that is figured out, let's go to the next part. And it gives you and your child, the experience of some progress and some success. Because when you have that, then you start feeling a little more confident and a little more capable. And especially for kids and parents who have gotten this message or that, you know, there's something wrong with you. You're bad. Mm -hmm. You're not doing this right. Those successes mean everything. To that point, one of the things we did work on was bedtime because we had three kids and bedtime was just a holy hot mess. And and so we were like, okay, let's start figuring out bedtime. And we started experimenting and we started problem solving. And we realized that two of the kids could go and read stories together. 
while we helped the other one figure out a system for bedtime that soothed him, that got him into bed, that calmed him. And then once he was in bed, we could do the other two pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Um, So staggering bedtime was super huge for us. Staggering morning wake-ups was really big for us. My 18-year-old still uses the exact same plan we came up with years ago, and it took a lot of iterations to come up with the right ahead-of-the-moment plan. But his morning schedule or ritual is still the same one he uses like five to seven years later, which is wake up, take a shower. He gets sensory input when he goes and takes a shower, then he takes his meds, he eats food. And then if he, and he gets dressed, right? Like those are the, that I didn't do it in the right order, obviously. Well, he (laughs) believes that the order is that you get dressed last. So as an 18 year old, we're like, Hey buddy, there are other people in the house. um, We're we're still working on that one. Let's move Um, that down the list a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's move dress, getting dressed right after the shower, please. Um, The problem is meds are downstairs. So he takes a shower and and then he comes downstairs and we're like, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> what so, I love in this, and it's awesome because you created the system. It's working for him, even if he's coming down, not dressed, but it's collaboration. You worked on this together, it sounds like. So, mm-hmm. so what about that teamwork, which I think is stage five, just segueing into that. Yeah. So the teamwork is actually, um, so you start doing teamwork with whoever is part of that chaos causer or that situation, which it might be one kid, might be two kids. It might be a kid and an adult. Um, But where we get into really valuable teamwork is when you get the whole family working together and you create an ecosystem where it's not one kid against the family. And I see this so many times where it, there's so much animosity and resentment towards the child who's struggling the most. And instead of it being, okay, you know, we all have our struggles. We all have places where we excel, where we struggle, where we need help, where we need supports. We all have unique ways of navigating life. And if we explain and help navigate or help, you know, guide our kids and our partners in this, we all have these uniquenesses. And when we all understand them, it makes it so much easier then to say, okay, you know what? Like Papa's really tired right now. And so when Papa's tired, that's not the time to do X, Y, Z, right? And they start to pay attention to their environment. They start to pay attention to each other's needs, each other's struggles, each other's likes and dislikes. Um, They start to come up with plans of like, I know I want to play with you, but I also know that you like your alone time. So they come up with systems to tell each other how they like to play or when they're ready to play. Um, And I think that that's when the family really does start working together a lot like clockwork because you're understanding each other, you're predicting each other's um, ups and downs and things start to get a lot easier then. This is such important work that, you know, you're initially solving the problem, the chaos within your family. You're also preparing your kids to be in friendships, to be in work relationships, to be in partnerships, because this idea of recognizing and understanding, hey, we all got stuff. We all got needs. Um, How do we navigate that is such a crucial life skill. And frankly, a lot of us, myself included, need a lot of practice on that. 
We do. We weren't taught this stuff growing up. And, and I see it so often. And a lot of times people will say that like, you know, oh, you're letting your kids get away with it. The world is not going to allow your kids to act this way. And I would actually say that the world is changing quite a bit. You know, if you look at it just for back to school, I know that Walmart had sensory Saturdays for people to go shopping because they are aware that that loud noises, bright lights, this is hard for some people. And when we're aware and instead of making fun of it or instead of, you know, dismissing it, when we actually say, okay, these are the things that help you be successful, fantastic. How can we support you in that? It changes the work environment. It changes your relationships. It changes even um, even your interactions with the postman or yes. you know, at the grocery store. You're like, oh, okay. Like there must be a lot more going on here. Uh, something happened the other day and my husband was able to be like, honey, everything I heard in that was like that she's having a really hard time, that she's dealing with this and she's dealing with that. And I was like, you know, you're really right. This isn't really about me. I can accept everything she said and I can give her space. And that that's what we're teaching our kids. Stay tuned for a super helpful strategy after these words from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about Byheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y- H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me. So I'm 51. She's 41. And she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause. 
and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash on boys. Winona, menopause care made easy. I want to make sure that we touch on this one strategy because I think it's super important. It's it's the heat of the moment because, you know, we've, we've planned ahead. We've got all these strategies, got this roadmap going and still there is that moment. So what is your one, one, one strategy? Tell us about that. Yeah. So the one, 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 and remember this is stage three. So if you're struggling to access this and um, then it's because you don't have that foundational, I have an anchor. I have something that reminds me to stay calm. I have something that grounds me in the moment that keeps me safe. And I have a little bit of energy inside my body. So um, I want to preface that because when I share this, some people are going to be like, oh, I've heard this, I've tried this and it doesn't work. And I just want to share that that could be one reason why it's not working. Um, so a one, one, one is your plan of attack and, and attack's not the right word because that's going to put us on, on defense, uh, on defense. <laughs> uh, so, you know, your plan for diffusion, <laughs> let's do that. Like, like your that. For diffusion is uh, one thing to say one thing to do, and one thing to provide in the heat of the moment. And you're coming up with this, people hate this part, ahead of the moment. And so, yeah, right. Uh, And so what you're doing is you're saying, okay, I know that my son really does not get off electronics. And I know he's going to fight me next time I try to get him off electronics. So what am I going to say, do, and provide in the heat of the moment when he just refuses to do what I ask him to do. And so the phrase, right, the say is one thing. And it, it the easiest, simplest one is to just say what you see. I notice that you're having trouble getting off. I notice that something is keeping your attention, right? It's very uh, non-emotional, right? Neutral. It's not like, I notice that you're being a brat right now. Like it's not that. It's not, that's <laughs> it's not so easy to say that in the moment. It's so easy. That's why we're planning ahead of time, right? Yes. And so you're thinking of what is something that I already know has happened in the past that's going to happen again? Because yep. if it's happened a couple of times, guess what is going to happen again? So mm-hmm. we're we're making a plan for what is the one thing I'm going to say? What am I going to do? The simplest thing to do is to move closer. So instead of being in the kitchen and say, I notice you still haven't turned off your electronics, right? We're going to move. We're going to sit next to him on the couch. We're going to say, I notice you're having a hard time turning off, right? And so we're moving closer. We're lowering our body so that we're not threatening to our kids. Right. The provide a lot, the simplest thing to provide 
in the heat of the moment is your calm presence. Not really a whole lot of strategies, not a lot of questions, not a lot of fixing because now is not the time. You're going to do that right. You're going to do that after when everyone's calm, when everyone's out of this like dysregulation. Another thing though, that you can provide, especially if there's some danger is provide a break. I'm not talking about punishment. I'm not saying put them in timeout. You can provide a break. I noticed that you and your brother are not getting along right now and you move in between them, right? You say, it's time for us to take our break. Now it's best if you've practiced these out of the moment, right? Um, So that they know what it means to take a break. So we're going to both take our break right now. And that break could be in the same room. That break could be in different rooms. That break can even be to things that they absolutely love and adore so that they want to go to that break instead of it feeling punitive. Like I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but those can be really, really valuable provides in the heat of the moment. And again, the scripts, if they're not working, I would say, take a look at when are you using them? Are you using them only when things are getting really chaotic and stressful? Or are you using them when they get out their breakfast? I noticed you're having Cheerios this morning. I noticed that you have on your red shoes today. I noticed that you're playing with your Lego. And then when you notice that they're having a hard time with their brother, they're used to you saying, I noticed. Mm-hmm. And so they're not going on to alert, alert, mom's saying that thing that she only says when I'm in trouble. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I like um, that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes it easier for them to hear just the, the observation that you're making. And you've practiced when you've things, practiced. when your nervous system is calm, yep. you have trained that neural pathway to just be that observer, just yep absolutely just commenting, saying what you see in complete neutrality. Yes. Makes such a difference, but it does take practice. And we talked about the time and energy plan and how it can feel like, oh my gosh, I don't have any energy. I don't have any time. Well, one of the pieces of the time and energy plan is a, is something for your brain, something that calms your brain. So a visualization of the next time something bad goes awry, right? The next time my son refuses to get off electronics, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to imagine him on the couch, not getting off electronics. I move closer to him. I say, I notice you're struggling to get off. I'm going to sit here and wait with you. And you watch yourself do it. And that's what you do every morning during your time and energy plan is you visualize you going through this really difficult moment. So then when it comes time to do it, your brain is like, I know what I'm supposed to do here. We have practiced this every morning in your brain. I know exactly what I'm going to do. This practice framing is so important too, because most of us, we're not good at things when we first do them. That's typical. That's normal. It's going to be awkward. It's not going to go as well as we like. Doesn't mean you quit just means you keep practicing, you keep practicing and you got to give yourself that grace that it's okay to build in practice. Like whatever you do, it's a step forward. You're Mm -hmm. learning, you're growing, you're going to get better at this. Yeah. I think of it a lot like the analogy I like to describe is going to the orthodontist to get braces. And those of us that have like teenage boys know what that's like, right? So we go to the orthodontist, you get braces. The next day you don't have beautiful, straight, pearly whites. Instead, you have to keep going back and you have to get it tweaked. And every time you get it tweaked, it is painful. It is uncomfortable. And you have to relearn how to talk and how to move your mouth and what to eat and what not to eat. 
but eventually you get this beautiful set of straight teeth, but it takes a lot of time and it takes Mm -hmm. a lot of iterations. No, you know what? When I was a kid, I had braces and I like, as soon as you said orthodontist, I'm like, yeah, but Dana, that hurts. It's painful. I don't like, but you're right. Parenting is like that. One of the things that my mom would sometimes do is after the orthodontist, we would go to McDonald's and we would get something good to eat. I mean, I'm a teenager, you guys. I'm a teenager because usually your teeth didn't hurt right away afterwards. It was the next day when it would hurt. Building in some treats for yourself along the way can be really helpful. This is hard. You need treats too. Yes, it is hard. It is so hard. And I think when we expect that it's going to take time, we don't yeah. get as mad at ourselves, and we don't have as much shame. We don't want to give up as much. We feel like we can keep moving forward because we're like, well, this wasn't supposed to be easy. Like this wasn't yeah. supposed to be a one and done. Um, it is something that's going to take me time. So I'll keep going because they say it. If I just keep going, it'll work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And Danny, I mean, you have this laid out so well and so logically that I think many parents will benefit from this book. I think we also need to point out, especially, you know, you've referenced your ADHD brain before. We've talked about neurodivergent kiddos, neurodivergent parents. This is a book that is not just a mass of text. There are very engaging drawings illustrating these points. So if that is how you learn better... Yes, you have accommodated that in this book. This is an accessible book that even if you are overwhelmed at the idea of starting on page one, just open it up and look at some of the pictures at mm-hmm. first. And mm-hmm. um, there's a lot here. It's accessible. Don't be put off by the fact that it's a book if that's something that's not how you usually learn best. So yeah. Dana, tell our listeners where they can find you and find out more about the book. And I know that you also have some worksheets and things that can be accessed online as part of the book. Absolutely. So you can get the book anywhere books are sold. Um, But after you grab the book, head on over to calmthechaosbook.com. And we have a lot of goodies like the toolkits, the empty plans that you can fit in, some of the list and some of the doodles and things like that, that you can access. And then you can find me online anywhere on any social platform at Calm the Chaos Parenting. Dana, thank you so much. Thank you for bringing your educational and life experience into this beautiful roadmap that is, as you have told us, thousands and thousands of parents have experienced success with. Thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. So thank you for having me on. Thank you. We hope this has provided hope and that you'll check out the roadmap. If this has been valuable to you, share it with another parent or a teacher. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of boysalive.com. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being our listeners and supporting our sponsors. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.